the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 40. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with the theme of Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And today, the question is, where is God? Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is Part 7 of a series on why bad things happen to good people in a series that I now believe is going to be an eight-part series. And in this particular episode, we're going to look at where God is when there is suffering. The first set of verses I want to look at is a story of Jesus healing a man born blind. And this is coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he said to him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, The man called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. And I'm going to skip over some verses about the Pharisees investigating, and the Pharisees don't believe the whole miracle thing, and go to these verses. Jesus heard that the man had been thrown out of the synagogue, and went and found him, and he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man said. Tell me that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. I wanted to use this particular passage because both of some of the specific content in it, but also some of the general context. Jesus spends about two-thirds of his ministry not doing teaching, but doing healing and casting out of demons. So basically two-thirds in mental and physical restoration. And then the other third he spends teaching from the biblical accounts. And this is one of those healing stories. And in particular, it starts with this interesting discussion where the disciples see this man born blind and they're trying to decide whose sin caused this. Remember, for those of you who've been listening to this whole series, this is the problem that Job's friends had, is that if something is going wrong, then clearly this is a result of sin. Now, again, as we talked about it way back in episode one, Sin can cause suffering, but that doesn't mean that all suffering is related to sin, and that was the problem with the disciples' assumption. But in Jesus' day, it was assumed that this man was blind because of either his sin or his parents' sin, and just which it was apparently was a matter of some debate. But that means that in addition to this man having to deal with the fact that he cannot see, he also has to deal with the assumption that he is a sinner. And when I say he is a sinner, I mean that from a Pharisaic point of view versus everybody else, versus a Christian point of view like everybody else. 
And so he is separated from the community because of the assumption that he is not good, because of the assumption that he has done something wrong, perhaps even in the womb. And so in these first set of verses, Jesus is able to use this man's illness and this man's suffering through the illness as a way to glorify God. We're going to look a little more at this theme next time, so I'm not going to get into great detail here. And then the second verses I want to use come from Luke 7, and it's Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. So again, we look at a story where Jesus not only has the power to heal, but has a power even over death. And so this story, like the first story, the answer is easy. Where is God? Well, God's right there, and he's solving the situation. He has the power to heal, and he is healing. And we also see in this story Jesus' compassion. The woman who is a widow has only then her son to rely on. And so when he is dead, not only does she grieve him, but she has no one to support her. And so Jesus steps in and brings the son back because of his compassion for her and her situation. But, and this is where it gets tricky, let's look at another set of verses where God, who has the power to heal, doesn't. And the verses I want to look at are Second Corinthians 12. And there's a series of verses about Paul's thorn in the flesh. And I'm going to start reading in Second Corinthians 12, verse 7 to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. There was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was, but the speculation is that it was a disease of the eyes. And this comes from several other verses in the New Testament that talk about things like Paul writing in his own hand and see how large the letters are. And when you looked at me, you would have plucked out your own eyes to help me if you could. So, That seems to be the best guess at what he's talking about. But whatever it was, God wouldn't take it from him. It isn't that God couldn't, because there was something special about this disease that was God-proof, but that God wouldn't. And God tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Why is it that the man born blind who doesn't even ask to be healed is healed, and Paul a servant of God who asked three times, is told no. It again is one of those places where we have to say that God's priorities are not our priorities. 
He is more concerned with our spiritual well-being and our long-term destination than he is our physical comfort. Or at least we have to say that we don't think like God does. And that was certainly the point of God when he speaks to Job in that final set of chapters that we talked about a couple times ago. So while on one hand, the Bible says, for instance, when someone is sick, the elders should go and lay hands on them and pray for them, the Bible also gives us at least one example of when God's answering those prayers, but the answer is no. There was an old spiritual that sang, Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Then why not every man? And there's a more modern song that answers that question, It's a song by the singer-songwriter Scott Kirpain, and it's a song called The Storm. And it goes like this. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'm just going to tell you the lyrics. All who sail the sea of faith find out before too long how quickly blue skies can grow dark and gentle winds grow strong. Suddenly fear is like white water pounding on the soul. Still we sail on knowing that our Lord is in control. Sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered, Peace be still. He can settle any sea, but that doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close and lets the wind and waves go wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. He has a reason for each trial that we pass through in life, and though we're shaken, we cannot be pulled apart from Christ. No matter how driving rain beats down on those who hold to faith, a heart of trust will always be a quiet, peaceful place. The part of this song that really stands out for me as I try and understand what it is that God is trying to do is that part with sometimes he calms the sea and other times he calms his child. God is with us in difficult times but it doesn't mean that he will take them away always. Sometimes he will. And the Bible certainly says that we can pray for that. We can pray for healing. We can pray for deliverance. But sometimes that's not what he's going to do. We're going to continue this in the second part of this theme of where is God when there is suffering next week. If you have any comments, Feel free to go to thebiblestudypodcast.com and leave them, or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podjo and Limelight. This, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.